It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. Scotty Johnny himself, and with me as per usual, I bring to you Aaron Cheddar Talk. Lottom. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah, let's uh, kiss this brewer season goodbye and hope for the best next year, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, what a what a weird one. And so, <laughs> yeah, man. We'll start off by mentioning that you can, of course, follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host, and you can follow Aaron. You, Aaron, where would they follow you if they wanted to? And they should. John, they should. They, they, should follow, they should follow me at Cheddar Talk, John. At Cheddar Talk, uh, lots of good things going on there at Cheddar Talk right now. Um, uh, we're, we're we're rolling into the election season, John. Jeez. So there's some serious trolling going on. Trolling, yeah. yeah. Yes, they should. They should take your political text their tweets were as oh, trolling entirely. no no my, I, I just do pot shots man <laughs> yeah i know I, I you're not yeah just I'm in case not, anybody I'm not thinks trying he's... to win anybody over i'm just taking stupid people to task <laughs> that's fine uh he's the gadfly ladies and gentlemen the gadfly uh as everyone who's read uh plato socrates you know you all yeah. know we got an audience gallery, that listens to philosophy. The gallery, if you will, John. Yes. Yeah, we have we have a, a wide flung audience that uh, listens to a lot of things and is very well read. Uh, so I know everybody knows what we're talking about. But yes, this is our our uh, requiem to a brewer season. We're going to start off with, and we got a couple other things we wanted to round out to get our last call in this week, and we don't want to make a two hour podcast. So this is what we've got for you to close out uh, this week. And so again. Thank you for joining us from wherever you are around the world. We're glad to have you. And let's kick everything off with the segment of the show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Okay, like I said, the main event is the Requiem for Brewers season. We do a Requiem every time except for the One Bucks Championship where we, you know, it's not a requiem. It's, it had, a, was, had a celebration. It was it was something entirely different. We were not used to that here. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, requiem for a brewer season. It's definitely a disheartening season. And just trying to like, and I know Aaron, we'll both get a second here. I I, I won't rant out like I did. Uh, what was that two weeks ago? Yeah, because I think we're yeah. we're at a point where you know we are through the the denial, the anger. The uh, the bargaining, the depression, we're just moving into acceptance. This season's acceptance, over. Yeah. Start moving into to what we've got as a team here, and it's just like the expectations are what hurt the most, I think, because we were we were expecting something from this team. We thought we would see more out of Yelich. We would get you know, Hero came back and actually played better than we expected. I don't think that was even part of the expectation. Once he started doing that, we kind of stopped using him and sent him back down to triple a for some reason. Um, and then brought him back again and he did some good things this year, but, um, yeah, we lost Freddie Peralta for long stretches. Uh, we still got great pitching out of the team, uh, as a team, they finished with, uh, let's see where their the team pitching finished 12th in the major leagues with a 3.83 ERA Burns did end up as the national league leader in strikeouts. Yeah. Um, he had another good year, and Woodruff was better. He was better than that, uh, and we just Woodruff was great. Yeah, at stretches like he was at at certain points during the season, he was number one on the team. Yeah, so I mean, as the number two, he was unbelievable at some points, just driving that ball like he does. He's got such a a, a hard delivery, just a straight down the pipe delivery. And um, yeah, no Burns. Burns was really good too, and uh, I was happy to see that he was strikeout king. It's, you know, it, it, it is when you stop and look back at the season. It is nice that you know, like Chris Capuano isn't your number one. <laughs> you know That's always a good thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I think 
the couple things that stand out is if you look at the big numbers, the first numbers you look at are Brewers ERA as a team was 12th. And not all of that's the, the starters, obviously. I think our starters were, were fine. We still have issues in our bullpen. Obviously, that was exacerbated as the season went along by our own doing. Um, but we were 10th in OPS, which is the biggest of the batting stats. But, of course, we were also 22nd in actual batting average. Uh, this was a team that offensively never got enough of a rhythm with enough talent that it has to kind of get things going and really just, I, I just, I, that's the part that's the most disappointing is, you know, I guess first off, they didn't make the playoffs. They finished right behind the Phillies who then swept the Cardinals, which, um, thank you. you know, thank you, by the way, karma, <laughs> uh, the national league playoffs are the six highest salaries in the national league. And the Cardinals were swept because they were sixth out of six. You know, uh, it may not be entirely all, yeah. but they are the sixth highest salary, and that makes them the worst playoff team. So, yeah. Exactly. Nailed it. The Brewers should be yeah, better was... because the National League Central was terrible. They, they they really were. I mean, and that's why I, I think a little bit of the disappointment with the Brewers season is that, is that the Central was so gettable. It was so easy. And the, the the Brewers the Brewers should have won it. They really should have. And I, I I don't know, man. It's 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 so hard to put a you know, I'll, I'll, I'll I will still stand on that ground that the hate of trade, while it, it it doesn't make any difference whatsoever by numbers, as people will tell me left and right, it, it just seems like <laughs> it seems like when the Brewers put out that tweet that they were up three games right after the All-Star game, it just all went downhill from there. And then <laughs> meaningless trades to make trades. And it did it did feel like at certain times that like uh Council, who I have full trust in Council, but at, at it did seem like he was kind of over managing at some points yeah. throughout the, the stretch. Like, you know, even just down to where you know, like Lauer had a no hitter. What was that? The third to the last game of the year, and he got pulled. It's like, what's the why? You know, it's like, why why are we doing this? Why are you pulling Lauer? Just let him go. Like it's <laughs> the season's over. Just like let him try and get a no hitter. It, it, pitch count be damned. You know, it it does feel like sometimes console does overmanage the team sometimes, which that's that is his strength is kind of knowing how to balance the analytics and know know how the team works and trying to get the best out of what he has, which his has been his strength to this point. And he's probably going to go down as the winningest manager in Brewers history when his career is done, which is not even close to done, but it it just, it seemed like it was a, it was a, it was a year of just wrong place, wrong time, poor injuries. I mean, Hunter Renfro was hurt for long stretches too. And that dude was clutch when he was, you know, playing. Mm Mm-hmm. It just seems like the the Brewers were really poor timing all season long. Like when you had a pitcher go out there and throw, you know, seven innings and only get, you know, only give up two runs, they'd lose three to two or two to one. Mm -hmm. And then other games, you know, they'd throw up seven runs and lose eight to seven. Yeah. So it, it it just it was it was a really just it, it seemed like a voodoo season like there was a voodoo curse on them like there wasn't anything they could do right and yeah you know, unlike years you know unlike years past where there's Craig Tem- Craig Timber or Craig Tober or Craig Craig August or Craig whatever we're gonna call it there's never that point they never strung together a big winning streak they never you know yeah. it was just. It was just a, it was a very fly in the cupboard kind of season. Like it was just, you know, and they, they finished about 500. And, you know, t- to be perfectly honest, like some people have pointed out, like during during the, the worst days of Brewer history between the 90s and early 2000s, like and 80, what would they be? 87 and they, they won 80. They were 86 uh, this year. 
86 games. If they would have won 86 games, that would have been the one of the best seasons in Brewers history, you know. Yeah. Uh, like and as as we're in this A for Aaron A for Aaron A for acceptance stage right now, it's like okay, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that bad, you know, but I mean, it kind of showed with the attendance down the stretch too, like like even though the Brewers were just two games out of the wild card for most of September behind mm-hmm. the Phillies. It's, the fans weren't showing up anymore because it just it felt like the team was lost. You know, it, it, it that that's that's kind of what it felt like uh, from mid July on. Just like they were lost. There was, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was just kind of a eh, season at best. So yeah, I think one of the big things, like like you just said, and what we're kind of talking about here too. We're just looking through all the list of their entire records here. Uh, the Brewers won 86, and I'm trying to think when the last time. The last time they won 86 games was the year before they had that four-year playoff run. When we won 86 after having not made the playoffs for a long time, and we were second in the the division, uh, and you're just like, wow, this is really the start of something. The problem is, is now it feels like we kind of missed what we were shooting for there because that was the, you know, that was the spot where we were building and now we feel like we're going back down. Uh, so that's the well, feeling the, here. So that's definitely true. The The window is still open. Like, yes, you I know, know. How you talk about windows being open and closed for championship runs or even playoff runs. And this team's window was still open. It wasn't close to even closing. Like mm-hmm. this wasn't supposed to be the year that the playoff window closed. But yeah. it did. It's just, I mean, it, for all intents and purposes, the window was wide open still. And it just, yeah, that window is still open, like for next year. Like it, it, it really can it, be. I think the, the big thing is just going to be, I think, like we talked about last week, they got to find a couple of things in here and it's got to be bats. They are going to have to find somebody who'd be a setup to, to Williams because Devin Williams still can play. And I think he's a decent closer. I mean, he really is a good closer. He He's had his moments here the last year and a half or so, but they need a setup guy better than what they've had. Boxberger can't be the setup guy. Boxberger's got to be your seventh, your sixth or seventh inning pitcher. Uh, Suter's the guy who gives you the fifth, sixth, seventh. If you need you know, two innings or whatever it is, something's gone wrong, you bring in Suter. they got a couple other guys we want to see, but the, the biggest thing is the – the best players we've got coming up in the next year, year and a half are mostly outfielders. Um, they're going to have to go out and try to find somebody to play third. I know starting this year, everybody was talking about bringing in Donaldson. And of course you know, we didn't, but that would have been a great fit because then Urias can go out and play in a couple different spots. He can be the guy off the bench, uh, give you a spark here and there rather than, you know, having a Brasso coming in there and, Brasso for the first half of the season was the best pinch hitter in baseball. But we, again, like you just said, sometimes Craig got too cute with it. And then we're sitting there watching like, let's take Tellas out of the game. I mean, he's the best power hitter we've got. And we want to try to drive in a double. Let's bring in Brasso. And you're like, why are you doing this? Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make any, any sense. Um, just, uh, also too, I, I, I'm glad Donaldson is not on the team because, I don't like Josh Donaldson one bit at all. All right. That sounds fair then. Doesn't... He's he's a complete jerk. He's one of the biggest jerks in baseball, and I don't want him on my team. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm – I mean, I'm... have you seen some of the things with Josh? You're talking about Josh Donaldson, right? Yes, he was – Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the guys people talked about bringing in this year, and it was like, I don't know, whatever. I, I guess I wasn't, like, huge on it, but it was a guy who was talked about a lot. Yeah, um, and just look at what happened with him and the Twins, and then now mm-hmm. him with the Yankees too. It's I, I mean the guys the guy's a good player, but he's a jerk. And you know one of the things that kind of was talked about down the stretch too, and we talked about it last week, and I talked about it during my horrible rant, uh, was that uh, you know team <laughs> chemistry was you know team chemistry might be one of the things to talk about too with this team. Yeah, and. Uh, there's no leaders on this team per se, really. Um, there's there's no one who just kind of takes the reins. You know, you want Christian Yelich to be that person, but he's not that person. 
Um, yeah, I mean, not. you get a little bit of that from <laughs> from Wong. You get a little bit of that from. Um, yeah, I mean, who? I mean, who's the leader of the team? I mean, your your leader of your team. I mean, as much as you want it to be, you want it it's to be Burns, Willie Adamas at this it, point, right? It, it, it's kind of Adamas, yeah. But... He's the guy who's out there. He's the lead cheerleader of this team. He's, um, he's the most vocal. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, I I love one of my favorite bits this year was they didn't show it on TV, but somebody caught it uh, and put it on Twitter. Um, just him was he was talking with the umpire who had been the umpire behind the plate the day before and then he was talking about how he pulled the the last strike call you know like pulls the arm out and rips the arm back and he was doing that to him and he was just laughing he's like that was amazing you know like he was just very excited about how emphatic he had been the night before calling the last strikeout and everything i was like what a fun guy he just looks like he's having a good time out there and i really appreciate that and i think mm-hmm. that that's the thing that they have there but I think they got a lot of quieter guys around him. Uh, Urias is a is a pretty quiet guy. I don't think he's a vocal leader. Um, like you said, uh, Yelich isn't that guy. They don't have a guy who's like. I hate to say it because I hate Yadier Molina in the same reasons you hate uh, Donaldson. Like Yadier Molina has been a great catcher and a great player. Uh, he's a jerk. Like he's a terrible person. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, straight up has spit on people. <laughs> umpires right. opposing players yeah just like right there in front of god and everybody on camera lots of times of him do it. he's he's a terrible person but having that that kind of guy him and Pujols, where they're in charge of that locker me you know it um yeah that's yeah the difference between donaldson have. being a jerk and yadi molina being a jerk is that yadi molina has been the heart and soul of that team for the better part of almost two decades yeah you know and 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 so someone, some could, some would say that he's a jerk to everybody except for the people that are on his team. You know, it's one of those, one of those oh, yeah. people that if he's oh, yeah. on your team, you know, it's just we, we did the same thing last year with Grayson Allen. You know, like when he, oh, yeah. when we when they when Mike the Daniels Bucks out, when yeah. the Bucks took out the Bulls, it was like, um, and and Grayson Allen was head head headhunter on the uh, Bucks team, and Apparently. everybody in Chicago hated Grayson <laughs> Allen. It's like. Like, well, I guess this is our guy, you know, this is awesome. You know, I guess he's our jerk now, you know, uh, Donaldson's never been that on any team that he's been on. He's, he's, he's a cancer and they're all in, in, in everyone's clubhouse, you know, but Yadier Molina for as much of a jerk as he is, he's their jerk. And you, you feel like the Cardinals rally behind him, you know, and he's always been good about that. And the Brewers are kind of lacking that right now. You know, we had that, you know, we had that with Braun. Braun was a, a, a non-vocal leader, but he was, you know, a leader nonetheless. Um, yeah, he was out front and you knew where he was on everything. So that was, mm-hmm. yeah, you knew him that. So, and, and Locaine, L- Lorenzo Cain was uh, for a while and, the, yeah. you know, we had leaders. And, and it can't be your pitchers. Uh, it just can't be because they they only go out once every five days. I mean, as great as they are, they're not the locker room guy. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Burns, Burns and Woodruff are great guys, but they can't be. Yeah. They can't be the they can't be the clubhouse leader. Because you need an everyday guy to do bullpen. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Clements was never the leader of his group. You know, and you go with any great starting pitcher ever. You know. Uh, Nolan Ryan, you know, he was a great pitcher, but yeah. you know, he wasn't the leader of his team. You know, there's always been, you know, the great teams, you know, Derek Jeter, you know, was yeah. the leader of the Yankees, you Not know, that's the best player, but the leader for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the Brewers need to, I mean, maybe Adamas can become that guy. I don't know. It, it seems like, you know, with the especially having the biggest contract on the team, you want him to do that, but he's just too quiet. Like he, he doesn't, uh, and especially with the struggles that he's had too. It's it, you know, it, was he good in the leadoff spot? Yeah. And I called my shot on that when they put him in the leadoff spot, he was great in the leadoff spot, but he's not a leadoff hitter. He's not supposed to be the leadoff hitter. He's supposed to be your <laughs> number three hitter. He's yeah. supposed to be, you don't pay 26 your, million for a guy to be your, your one spot. Unless you're the unless Yankees. He's, unless he's Ricky Henderson. 
and then yeah. that's about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're the Yankees, because you can't have this is the fun thing. You're gonna look at the guys on this team. Currently for 2023, there are five guys under contract, like actually with numbers attached. Because everyone else is set up for arbitration now. Because baseball contracts are weird. <laughs> They're just super weird. So yeah. Adamus arbitration two. Uh Burns arbitration two. Uh, I'm trying to find where Woodruff is. I think he's arbitration one now, isn't he? Arbitration one for Devin Williams. No, arbitration three for Devin Woodruff or for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, so yeah, Rias arbitration one, Suter arbitration three, Perdomo four, Hunter Renfro four, Lauer two. It's a lot of guys who are. Well, we're trying to see what we're going to do and how many we're going to offer. My other one, I, I would like to and, see and, something. And arbit- arbitration, arbitration is the equivalent to me or to NFL as franchise taking, like except for it's everybody, and it happens several <clears throat> times. You basically get that option to say, "I would like to have a third party tell me how much I should get paid." And right. I mean, not all these guys will actually go to arbitration because the team's going to make them an offer, and if they are good with the offer, they'll avoid the arbitration by just having an agreement for the season and then go back to arbitration next year, possibly. But yeah. Um, the only guys right now who are locked in and not going to arbitration are Yelich, Wong, Peralta, Boxberger, and Ashby. I expect Ashby is going to get better. Lauer probably get a little bit better. Um, we are at the height of what Woodruff and Burns are going to be. I mean, and they've yeah. been great. And I don't think that they're going to like fall off a cliff here. I'm just saying like we're at the height of what they can be, which is, you know, all-star pitchers, Cy Young contenders. So that's great. So hopefully we right. can... But this window with the, these guys and the arbitration numbers are going to be high. You know, like these are going to be what should you get paid? Well, what do you pay a Cy Young pitcher for a year? It's going to be big. So, yeah, what this team is going to look like after the World Series, it's going to be something to be seen. Uh, we'll that, that's that's what I was getting at with like the NFL franchise tag or yeah. the you know, the other tags you can do in the NFL. It's like you don't want to get to that point, like to have someone play for you know the minimum that you can pay them for anymore you know at some point they're going to become disgruntled if they're just you know making well, only or it's not what... just the two of you at this point i mean you're going to have a third party who's essentially like a lawyer slash judge type person who's going to right. come in and review it and say let me work this out between the two of you and it's not to, to clear this for some people, it's not mediation, it's arbitration. So each side right. creates basically a draft of exactly what they think they should be. They're going to make their comparisons to similar like players and what they should get. It's kind of terrible because you're not just pitching back and forth at each other. Like, how about this? How about this? How about this? You're saying, I think you're this guy. And you're going to go low because it's going to come higher. And the pitchers are going to come in and say, like, I think I'm this guy. You have to write something out telling your pitcher exactly why you don't think they should get paid. It's a weird system. Mediation yeah. mediation would be a third party goes between the two and tries to work out something, giving you different ideas. This is just straight-up arbitration. Each of you writes a filing of some sort and submits it, and then they'll see what they can do. And that's why I said it's, that's that's why it's I, – I look back to remember when Kirk Cousins kept getting franchise tagged by the, uh, <laughs> the Redskins Washington, back in yeah. the day. With the Washington football team, yeah. the, uh, the Guardians commies. now. Guardians now. No, um, the commies. No. Yeah, Commanders. <laughs> Commanders. Sorry, I lost track of. I lost track of my team renamings. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you just said it. You nailed it on the head. Here's why we don't want to pay you. And it's like, <laughs> come come on, guy. Like, dude. Like it, that's kind of a shot, you know. Like we we want to pay you, but we we're not going to pay you that much. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's just, so. it's, 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 it's just a really crappy situation. And at best, we're going to have Burns and Woodruff for maybe one more year. And we'll then, see. you know, and, and so, and so I talk about baseball all the time with my coworker, Matt Tracy, and, you know, there be, between Churio and all the other young guys that are coming up, um, th- there is a core of really good baseball players coming up. Like yeah. you said, mostly outfielders. Yeah. But, it, you know, you you worry somewhat about the window. The window is still open for the Brewers because Burns and Burns and Woodruff will be back next year. Um, you hope that they can bolster up the 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 bullpen to be back to the days when it was Knable and um, uh, Jeffress and 
hater like that was you know like that was clutch back in the day when it was that was the one two three and the seven eight nine um it wasn't this year you know boxberger's nice but he's not the setup guy you know it's what are we going to do here so like it'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason um i think i think for the most part you know the team will be back in somewhat of the same fashion that they were this year. They're probably yeah. going to still win 85 to 90 games this year. 86 games like they won this year usually <laughs> makes the playoffs. Yeah. Um, which that that's kind of lost in the mix here is that they were that close. Like in most years, 86 games will get you in, but it didn't this year. Correct. Um, yeah. You just wonder how many more years of playing this game, you know, and we we you know i went off on anastasio last week and he does pay he does he's not as big of a cheapskate as everyone wants him to be he pays about as much as he can for this level you know this 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 market um yeah but there's there's not going to be any big signings like we're not going to get some big player in the offseason we're going to get some nice pieces probably but it's not going to be you know, uh, Joey Gallo or whoever. And I don't even want that guy anyhow, because what's the point, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just trying to even look at, cause I mean, as nice as Caratini has been, you, you'd like to get a better catcher. You'd like to get uh, a better third baseman would be the big one that we'd like to see. Um, I'm looking at third baseman who are likely available next year. Uh, well, Arenado can opt out of the remaining five years at 144 million, uh, so that's fun. Brandon Drury, Matt Duffy, Mikhail Franco—that's not a terrible idea. Uh, Evan Longoria apparently still hanging around out there. Jeez, is this even the right year? Yeah, no, it's the right year. <laughs> yeah. It's like my what, gosh, what, I, I did not know he was still playing. Uh, Jace Peterson, who my my son just just keeps saying he's. He's the goat, just just to be hilarious, I guess. Jonathan VR, <laughs> Justin Turner, who we he played with the Brewers last year to drive his number up, and then went right back to the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. he has a sixteen million dollar club option, or with a two million dollar buyout. So yeah. Um, Do you remember that whole thing too? Like we we thought for a second there that Justin Turner would be coming to the Brewers, and they resigned with the Dodgers, and all the Dodgers fans on Twitter were like, "Oh, oh, look how cute the Brewers are! You thought you were going to get Justin Turner." Oh. That's the league. Is yeah. yeah, you can think you will. You can walk right up to the edge, and then they'll just pay more because they can do that. Uh, yeah, a couple of the younger guys there are are in their thirties. Uh, Hanser Alberto, uh, Mikel Franco is only thirty. Uh, Brandon Drury is 30, and that's kind of what we're looking at for the third baseman in the market. Jonathan VR, 32. That's interesting. Um, in terms of catchers, Tucker Barnhart's out there. So probably going to be out there this year. Uh, Contreras. I don't want to touch it. Uh, Narvaez, actually a free agent this year, and so that's really going to change what they're going to look like here. Uh, Gary Sanchez uh, is going to be a free agent as well. I don't know what... You know, I don't know if they're going to do much. Like we said, they're going to I'm try to really find worried some... about the catchers because the Brewers set, tend to do pretty well with the catchers. I don't know why, but I think didn't get a lot of fun. offensive output out of our catchers this year, which was a, a bit frustrating. We're not going to be looking to sign outfielders because we're going to be looking to bring up our guys. I think at this point they've been there and they've looked good. I think Garrett Mitchell looked really good this year when he came up. I think he's going to lock down that uh, center field position going forward. We're going to start seeing who's going to play over there in right because I think they're going to leave Yelich there, and we're going to see what else we can do because you know, as nice as what we were able to pull from several of the guys out there, we need to get somebody else who can get more power out of that corner spot. Uh, and, yeah, I think a third baseman is something they're going to have to look at because you expect to get more power out of your third baseman than what uh, Luis Urias is giving us. Um, and then, yeah, he's just going to be a guy who's – giving you days off at shortstop and third and second. Uh, I think that that's for what we get out of him, not terrible, but it'll, it'll affect what, you know, how much he can get paid. Is, is tell us back next year. I forget. Uh, he's up for uh, arbitration. So yeah, he should be back next year. So long as nothing goes crazy. 
Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind Rowdy at first base. He's. I think he's, he's the legit third, uh, legit first baseman. He's the guy you want. He's a. He's actually. He he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is at fielding. No, um, he's a very good fielder. He's very good, and he's yeah. very smart. The number of times he made, um, just really quick and incredibly good throws, getting guys going home. Uh, he'll pick enough guys at third immediately on on hot shots. Um. Yeah, no, he's fantastic in the field for especially for a big guy. He's a he's a giant he's a large cat. You know, yep. <laughs> just No, he, he's a big dude, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you see when when he when he turns when he hits a double and he turns the first base side and starts heading for second, there's a wake trail of dust behind him <laughs> because of that the horsepower that is produced by his legs when yeah. he starts running. So um no, he's a I mean, he is he the optimal first baseman. No, he's he's good though. He's good. Like, he's good in the field. He's a he's a proper first baseman. Yeah, he's, he's not, not some. He's he's not he's not putting Kira at first base. Yeah, and making making Kira a first baseman. Um, he is a old school first baseman. Hits two fifty. Gonna bang in about twenty five home runs. Gonna bang in about eighty RBIs. Yeah, yeah, and was 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 clutch at times and like. Even let's look look at last year back to the playoffs. He scored all the runs, <laughs> every you know? single one. So, of them, yeah, every single one on a couple of home runs. All but right. uh, I mean, he's 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 good. I like I like him there at first. Um, There's good pieces but, uh, here, but they you definitely know the spots where they have to add some stuff, and we need to increase runs. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And then find somebody as a setup, and mm-hmm. and just try to move from there. I think is the biggest stuff, but. So I think yeah. the big consensus at this point is this was a disappointing year. It's a down year in terms of what we expected and what we were capable of as a team and what the Brewers were capable of as a team, uh, what we expected of them. But there's still cause to have a little bit of hope of what they can do going forward. Making, let's, let's just not say they're not like a bat away from the World Series, but, you know, there could be a couple players away from really being in that spot and at least getting in the playoffs and then you get a you know you get a puncher's chance so uh we will be coming up here we'll have a better preview next week but the uh the bucks will be starting uh october 20th is their first actual game there's two more preseason games left one of which with the bulls i'm sure the bulls backups will try to destroy and murder all of our players again but i mean they're just <laughs> it's a preseason game uh, we should be looking. Chris Middleton and Giannis uh, are both right now, I guess, listed as day to day. So I mean, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but they're day to day. That's that's some Billichickism right there. Well, I mean, it's preseason, so everybody's day to day. I don't know. Wesley Matthews listed day to day. It's it's going to be pretty much the same team you're looking at last year. Hopefully, though, I mean, the Brewer is still there. The Bucks played a long time without having Brooke Lopez on this team last year. And that affected how they were able to go forward. It affected the rotations. Uh, Serge Ibaka is back on this team. He's still hanging out here. Um, and we're still looking at uh, Holiday and Allen playing the guards. Uh, Middleton, Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez. Bringing in Portis, Connington, uh, George Hill, Jevin Carter, uh, Wesley Matthews. And I love that they have... Uh, Sandro Mamukalashvili listed as the like fifth option at center behind Brooke and Bobby and Serge and then, you know, Giannis and then Sandro. <laughs> but yeah, um, I feel that really had the Bucks not lost Chris Middleton for the entire playoff, uh, they would have been back in. Yeah. I- so you just mentioned that about Brooke being gone for most of the season. And that yeah. was I mean that was a little, that was a little weird during the during the season, but as we've learned with the NBA regular season, that it it doesn't matter as long as you make the playoffs, right? Yeah. As long as your team's all back together. Like if if Brook needs to take most of this season off too to make sure that he's healthy for the playoffs, that's great, you know, because and, Bucks will be Bucks will be fine without him during the regular regular season. Um, yeah, uh, having Middleton gone during the playoffs was huge. And yeah. especially seems being that he's a Celtic killer. And mm. it, it And it changes yeah. how they're how they're able to 
I guess, spread the floor with the team because Middleton can make his own shot in so many ways, and it changes Giannis's drive if he can kick to Middleton or if Middleton's there to make the shot and Giannis can go finish. It, it changed a lot about how that team was able to operate and run the offense. Um, just, just a lot because nobody else out there has what Middleton can do. If you say you're playing Wesley Matthews instead of Middleton, no, right. just no. I don't care who else you got that. Nobody can do what he does with the ball. And, and Chris, Chris can disappear for days on end, like yeah. for games on end during the regular season. Um, but you just have to look back two years to the playoff, to the championship run. Yeah. And not just play. If I gotta adjust that because they did win the championship. We keep forgetting that as Wisconsin sports fans, because <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, it, like that championship run. Chris Middleton was absolutely one hundred percent clutch, and he is the number two. You lose your number two. It's just like ba- basketball is the the biggest thing with this. When you lose a, a one of your one to five, number one to five, everybody else has to shift up one. And yeah. Now your three is against their two. Their, your four is against their three. Um, Middleton is s- such a, a a good. He makes Drew better. He makes Giannis better. He makes yeah. everybody better. Yeah. And he he has moments. And I and I say this without hyperbole. He has his <laughs> Kobe moments, like where he can just take over and just start shooting yeah. lights out. And he 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 is he can just do that there's yeah. things that chris middleton can miss chris middle can do middleton can do that other people can't do right and uh, let's just make sure he's healthy going into the playoffs <laughs> this year yeah not anybody else and i mean even brooke i i love brooke but brooke can't can't do the things that chris middle can can middle we can cover down on what uh, they can, we, I'm not part of that team. Yeah. The Bucks can I cover down earlier on, too. <laughs> on, on what Brook can do. You know, you can get away with not having a proper center sometimes. And Bobby can do center things as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like what we keep... talked about a couple of years ago where we said the Bucks had a very clear change from saying we got two guys, we want to rotate a ton. We're going to rotate all day. To the idea, like, yeah, that was great for the regular season. To win in the playoffs, we need at least a three. We need three big guys, and then the rotation doesn't matter because it's the playoffs. And that's when they won because Drew Holiday changed the way this team worked in terms of we got a third, a third big name that can do the other things. And when you lose one of those three, when you're in this, I mean, this is a championship build. This is what a championship Mm -hmm. team looks like is it has to have at least three top tier players, three all-star type players, and then role guys who do the other stuff. Bobby and Brooke being one of those groups, uh, Grayson Connington and and even Matthews even in there as guys who can do that that other part, uh, some good defense and some three-point shooting stuff. Um, but that yeah. only works if those three are there. You need all three of yeah. those. And then if Grayson Allen is out, everyone can cover down on Grayson Allen. Everyone can cover down on Brooke Lopez. Giannis is out. Cash money is out. Drew's out. We're 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 done. So, yeah. yeah, and Giannis is all world. He's top three. Yeah, top two, top one. Yeah. Um, Middleton might not be top ten, but he is definitely top twenty in the league. Yeah, and you can't replace that. And Drew is maybe top thirty. You know, like he's an all so. He's he's one yeah. of the better players of the league. He's one of the better point guards of the league. He was amazing down the stretch of the championship, mm-hmm. but uh, but Middleton is you can't that that's a big piece that's missing. You can't yeah. also have him. also let's point out too this year we won't be sending them to the Olympics right after this or True whatever. Story. So it's like last time we we sent Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, and um, Devin Booker all got on planes after the uh, playoffs and went and played more and then came back mm-hmm. into the, and the Suns and the Bucks weren't as good this year starting off early. Um, actually the Bucks, the Suns started off great and then kind of faded. Um, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where it was. And the Bucks just had an injury. The Bucks actually just kind of monkeyed around all regular season last year. We kept saying it, not worried about the regular season, not worried about regular season. The Bulls were running that division all year long and then just fell apart at the end. And the Bucks were like, we're just going to keep chugging along. Or are we in first again? Cool. <laughs> you know, well, God. look at Golden, Golden State, too, after a couple of years of just like 
and being on idle. Like they were full, they were full 100% balls to the yeah, walls once, way to the championship. Yeah. Once they were and healthy so, again. Yeah. And so the bucks were out in the second round. Now they've had a long time. Now Giannis did play in the, what was that? The European games. Yeah, he did this year. Uh, that was basically yeah. the entire team is just made up of Antetokounmpo's. Yeah, it was yeah, all the the Antetokounmpo's versus. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he did play a little bit in the off season, but at the same time, I don't think that's going to cause as many problems as running right off to the Olympics like they did last year. And especially that year that they won the championship, that was because COVID. That it was a later year. Yeah, it was in July. July, right? Yeah, it went on a lot longer because normally they're done in June. And so, yeah, I think they went off into July and then immediately yeah. out. Um, so this year they were out earlier. He had a break and then he got to play some international. Then he's going to have a break. And now he's coming back and he's day to day, you know, and mm. he may as well be. They don't need him to show anything in the preseason. The, the preseason doesn't matter. The regular season barely matters in the NBA. It really barely matters. We know who's getting in. The Bucks are not going to finish 10th. You know, like they're not going to finish eighth. They're not fighting for those last, you know, they're not going to be in the first round, like the play in games. They're not going to do that. They're going right. to be one of those other teams playing a home game in the first round to start it off. So, yeah. All right. Um, we're just going to wrap up here with everything else that we have. I got a list of other things we wanted to cover and I'm going to cover all of those things. The, in this segment that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. So we're going to start off with volleyball. Badger volleyball went into Indiana and played both Big Ten Indiana schools, and uh, you know not Notre Dame, but they did play IU. They beat them three uh, nothing. That was twenty three eighteen and nineteen for IU, and then they played number five Purdue. And they beat them three to one. It was a fantastic set. Uh, they lose the first set. Uh, they give up twenty five. So it was twenty five, nineteen, eighteen, twenty eight. I say twenty eight because it was a thirty twenty eight fourth set for the win. Um, it was twenty eight twenty eight. Uh, Purdue had the serve. It was a good rally. The Badgers had a just great power kill. And then uh, the following, I forget who was serving, but they get the serve. One Purdue player got an arm around to hit it, and just it just flew right past. It hit off their arm and went straight off into the stands. Ace ends the game. No, they couldn't even return it. It went from 28-28 to 28-30 in just, just a heartbeat, and it was a very well-played game. Uh, they won on kills 60-41. to 41. Uh, Big games here, Julia Orzau uh, <laughs> got 19 kills, which is essentially saying... I mean, the difference between the two is 19. She was the difference in this game. Uh, Sarah Franklin, uh, 15. And Devin Robinson back and playing really well. Uh, 10 kills for her. Uh, the uh, Libero, who was the freshman player of the week for the second time this year. I'm going to, uh, I'm trying on this. I had to look this up. Uh, Gulje Luchtekin. Uh, Guchtekin. I've heard it. It's just hard to say it. Guchtekin. Nailed she it. is. From Istanbul, uh, not Constantinople, Istanbul. Uh, she, yeah, she you, had. Thank you. Wait, we might be giants. We might be giants. Thank you. Great. Uh, she had 22 digs from the Libero position. Uh, as I said, freshman of the week for a second week in a row in the Big Ten, uh, looking great uh, against uh, Indiana. I would say uh, Franklin had 13 kills. Danielle Hart had 10. Robinson had five. Uh, Gustekin had two aces and 10 digs in that game. Uh, she was second in digs because Orzau had 11. So that's someone from Istanbul and someone from uh, Poland. So a tur- someone from Turkey and someone from Poland uh, really helping carry this team. Uh, that's a sophomore and a freshman. So looking good. The Badgers now move up to That fifth. sounds like an awesome fusion restaurant. Pepper. Yeah, right? Oof. Right. They have Golomki and, you know, naan or something like that. I don't know. It <laughs> <laughs> would be so great. Uh, Badgers move up to fifth. They basically jump. Uh, Purdue. Purdue drops down to, I think, eighth at this point. Uh, the Badgers will be playing on the 14th at Iowa, and then the 16th, they'll be playing Michigan, and they'll be on ESPN2, so make sure you go watch that. Everybody's got that. The other ones are on Big Ten Plus, uh, so I'll be watching, but not everyone has Big Ten Plus. But yeah, ESPN2 on the 16th against Michigan, both those games unranked. There'll be a little bit of a time here where the Badgers will be playing some unranked opponents. 
in D3 volleyball, I just want to point out UW Eau Claire is, I'm sorry, UW Whitewater is number nine right now in the country and 16 and two. Uh, they just had a three to nothing win over Montclair State in New Jersey. They won that 13, 21 and nine. Um, UW Eau Claire is number 13 in the country. They're 13 and four. They just had a win against Swarthmore. Swarthmore, which is in Brooklyn. Uh, they went three to one. Oh, I'm sorry. That that's not Eau Claire. That was Whitewater beat Swarthmore in the second game. I was uh, gonna say we're gonna have to do a deep dive on some other college. Yeah, that right. We've never heard before, but you already had that. Good job, uh, Elmhurst. Uh, that's the team that Eau Claire beat. Elmhurst Blue Jays. They beat them three to two. So 25, 21, 20, 25 and six. So 15, six in the fifth set to get the win. Uh, UWSP is ranked 16th right now. They had two games. They played Carroll College. Uh, and they beat them 22-25-19-13 in a 3-1 win. And then this was all in Waukesha, so they played Carroll. And then they played North Park in Waukesha. Uh, North Park, which is a Chicago school, they are the North Park University Vikings. I had to look that up for you. They win that one 3 to nothing, and that was 22-12-21. Uh, the only other ranked Wisconsin D3 team is UW Oshkosh. They're ranked number 21. They're 18 and 4 overall. There was no there were no meets uh for cross country in division one this week that I could find. Right now, currently, uh the men's team for UW, UW men's team is ranked number six, and the women are ranked 28th. That's actually a drop of two spots from the last rankings. D3 men, you got several ranked teams. Lacrosse at fifth, Whitewater 10th. Stout 24th and Eau Claire 32nd. Uh, D3 women lacrosse ranked 9th and Eau Claire ranked 26th. Uh, coming up, it looks like uh, St. Olaf Invitational might be on the way. In WIAC football, Platteville murders Stevens Point. Uh, UWSP loses to the UW Platteville Miners 31 uh, 3 at home. That's just. Point is just, they may not win a game all year in conference. They're just not having that kind of team. Number four, UW Whitewater, previously number four, Whitewater, beats Eau Claire in Eau Claire, 45-24. The matchup of the week was, uh, when they walk in, it's number 14, uh, Oshkosh, UW Zero, versus number 17, UW River Falls. River Falls wins at home, 27-24 for the upset. Based on that, River Falls moves nowhere in the rankings this week, and Oshkosh drops to 16th. So after losing, Oshkosh is still ranked one ahead of River Falls. Uh, UW Lacrosse bounces back off that loss to UW Whitewater. They beat Stout in Menominee, 42 to 21. That moves Lacrosse up to number nine in the country right now. Uh, looking ahead at D3 hockey. Uh, well, all hockey, because D3 won't start till October 22nd, but we'll start looking ahead to that. Once we have rankings, we'll see some of that. Of course, like St. Norbert, UWSP for men's, uh, River Falls, and Stout for the women's teams looking very good. So we'll take a look at those. And uh, Eau Claire, I'm sorry. Eau Claire, not Stout. Uh, so those those are teams to look at. UW women, they stay at number five this week. Uh, they did beat up on the Tommies. The Tommies of St. Thomas, uh, they beat them 5 to nothing, and then 9-1 to one on Saturday. On Friday, they get two goals from Grace Shirley. She also had an assist. Uh, Claire Enright and Kirsten Sims each had a goal and an assist. All five goals on Friday came uh, even strength. Uh, Badgers were 0-1 on the power play, only one power play. Saturday, though, they explode for nine goals. Um, Nicole LaMantia had two goals and an assist. Uh, all the other goals were just one goals, uh, one each for Layla Edwards, Sarah Wozniewicz, uh, Carolyn Harvey, Maddie Wheeler, Jesse Comfer, Britta Curl, and Casey O'Brien. They were three for five on the power play that night. Uh, so, and they chased the UST goalie after just two periods. So she played 40 minutes and then they brought in another goalie because it was just way out of hand. So very good there. UW men. They go to Columbus to play the number 11th ranked uh, Ohio State Buckeyes this last week. They lose one to three on Friday, and they were down three nothing right away. Uh, with what was it about 3:12 left, they broke up the shutout. That was a goal by Ben Ooh, Dexheimer. Uh, he got an assist from Matthew DeSantis foul. 
uh, and he he broke up the the shutout at least. The one on Saturday was much more frustrating because the Badgers got out to a three nothing lead. They scored with 34 seconds into the second period to take a three nothing lead. Um, goals by Jack uh, Horback, Cole, uh, Brock Caulfield, Cole Caulfield's older brother, and Owen Lindmark. But they were also then outshot 28 to 20. Uh, four penalties for UW in this game that led to two out of four uh, penalty kills, meaning two out of four power play goals. And they lose then four to three. So getting swept to start the season in a game two, they should have won the second one. And they let it slip away and they let that walk away. And that's not great. But they're going to come back. They're going to each play uh, unranked teams coming up here. The women's team are going to go to St. Cloud State, and the men's team will welcome St. Cloud State to the Cole Center. And that is all that I have there. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add, Aaron, before we uh, signed off here today? No, good wrap-up on all that, John. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> wanted to pull in a lot of things. There's a lot of things going on in a lot of other sports, <laughs> and it's good to catch up on those. Everybody should go watch ESPN2 this week to catch up on that. Uh, the Badgers playing on ESPN2 in volleyball. A lot of the women's hockey games and men's hockey games are going to be on Big Ten Plus, unfortunately, because uh, it's not as much people watching women's hockey and the men's hockey team is not going to be as good this year. So unless they're playing somebody like Michigan or Minnesota, you might not see much of them unless you go to the games, which go to the games because it's a fantastic place to watch hockey. It's it's the opposite of the sports abyss. It is a sports <laughs> f- flood yeah. right now, if but, you will. From here on out, we won't have any uh, any brewers to talk about, so there's that. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again from wherever you are in Wisconsin, across the U.S., and around the world. Thank you for joining us again for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports, or at least a week of sports. And uh, remember to follow us on Twitter, at Pod, at NotSoHumbleHost, and at CheddarTalk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.